Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The fleet was at rest, written by Aspire again. It was inevitable that expanding the Yudin Empire frontier would reach the territories of the nascent Terran Union. When it did, the Wyden were impressed by the economic potential that the Union's world could offer once absorbed into their own empire. But wary of the Union fleet and scornful of the Terran's culture's emphasis on communication, trade, and peaceful interaction. Even so, while the Wyden Empire had grown in victory after victory against species with individual systems, it was not ready for an all-out war against an adversary with similar FTL and military capabilities. So, it bided its time, occasionally testing the individual Union patrols with pirates and rebels against the Empire. That could not be directly traced back to the Imperial forces. Even if the humans were almost certain the Empire's unseen hand. After forty years, the Wyden Emperor and his staff thought the time was right to strike. The Terran Union had begun blocking its growth and was tying it down through trade sanctions against the weak world and provincial humans thought were inhuman acts. Forces were marshaled and quietly put into position near Terran systems, while a powerful task force was prepared for a sudden strike against the Union fleet's largest assembly, Embrya. Planners had observed that while the Terran worlds had all local calendars, they also tracked with the date system of the human home world. The strike for assembly yard was planned for the date near the winter solstice on the Terran Northern Hemisphere, associated with the religious holiday during which most Terran activities slowed. The human guard would be down, allowing even greater destruction and a surer victory over the Terran fleet. And, faced with such destruction, the humans would surely turn aside to lick their wounds, surrender their outer territorial systems to the Widen, and no longer impede the Widen's growth. On the eve of the task force voyage, an imperial diplomat and a military office, one and the same, received a rare visit from a representative of the Grang species, whose sole system was at some point removed from Widen's space. The Grang were known for their powers of observation and famed for their neutrality. What they came to say was a surprise. The Grang noted that to them it was obvious that the Widen forces were well in place to attack the Terran Union, even if no other species had described the subtle moves that had been made. They noted that the attack would no doubt be a striking success and leave the humans reading and in retreat, and then they advised against the attack. Make no mistake, the Grang representative said, we come to you not for your benefit, but for our own. A war with the humans will disrupt the peace and trade for years, decades perhaps, and could spill into systems beyond those of the Wyden and the Terran Union. The Wyden will almost certainly lose such a war. But our advisors can ensure Wyden growth even as the Terrans grow, without the need for conflict. 
The Wyden were at first taken back, then bewildered, and then finally furious. How dare the Grang presume that the Wyden would not prevail in a conflict? The humans, with their love of comforts and no appetite for the kind of war the Wyden would bring, they would sue for peace, and the Wyden would set the terms. The Grang representative began to object, saying, You don't understand. The humans aren't what they seem. They're actually... The Wyden planners would hear no more, and the Greng representative was put into custody. While the Greng system itself was threatened with destruction, if the humans were warned of the attack, the Greng swore silence and its representative was released. The Wyden battlefleet set its course for the Wyden's home system and what the humans would reckon as December 21st, 2438. It dropped out of Null Space during the Assembly Yard's night cycle on December 24th. Widen scanners noted that nearly the entire Terran fleet had gathered, but lay dormant. The human admiralty had seen sights of the Widen might be prepared for something, but all indications were that the engagements was months, if not years, away. To prepare for the long-term contingency, it had gathered most of the fleet from across the Union for Assembly here. Preparing for assignments to occur almost immediately after the traditional seasonal downtime. All but a few Terran capital ships lay before them in the black. The Widen struck without remorse. Nearly the entire fleet of Terran Union, which took decades to build, became orbital debris over the course of a few hours. Elsewhere, the Widen forces had similar success, overwhelming 18 systems along the frontier, wiping out millions of Terran civilians in a powerful show of unstoppable force. The Widen Emperor had made immediate and personal demands upon the Terran Union. Surrender the territory we demand now and be spared. Serve the Empire. To the Empire's consternation, it received silence at first, followed by obscene observations about the maternal parenthood of the Emperor. But other than a few scattered battles among small craft and resistance on some occupied worlds that were showed a surprising and defiant defense before perishing, there was no significant conflicts. As the Widen Empire consolidates its gains, it found itself almost too successful, with forces at the ends of long supply lines, but surrendering its new prices was out of the question. The Wyden staff members smugly recalled the warning of the Greng and congratulated themselves on their own foresight. Until the fiasco of Hydra, when a battle wing found itself limping home after facing a scratch fleet of Terran Union ships, and then the surprising counter-invasion of the Norlis system, interdicting a key Wyden supply route, where humans showed a surprising capacity for violence. And then... Another system was lost, a new human capital ships, larger and stronger and faster than those destroyed at the Great Victory, began appearing in unexpected numbers. Widen, long-range intelligence vessels, nimble and stealthy, returned after reconnaissance missions with an incredible news that the humans, far from being cowed by the Widen's demonstrated superior strength, had harnessed nearly all economic activity in building a military on a scale that the Widen military and diplomatic staff simply would not believe. But then the Widen occupied systems fell. The Widen gave no quarter, killing the human invaders with their traditional ferocity. The human soldiers returned it in kind, slaying the Widen forces with not the expected reluctance of a peace and comfort seeking species, but with relish. 
Year after year, for over a decade, the humans stubbornly fought the Wyden. The humans would lose battles from time to time, but they were not infallible. But on a whole, they were seemingly unstoppable and drew ever closer to the Wyden home system. When it became obvious that the Empire could not win the conflict, the Wyden begrudgingly sent envoys to request a peace treaty. Wyden history and custom dictated that after a war's outcome became inevitable, peace would be established between foes to preserve the Wyden sense of order. The winner would retain their gains while the loser preserved territory that he did not lost, as well as its honor. Future wars between the former combatants were to be expected. The envoys returned, shaken. The humans had sneered at the proposed treaties. They demanded unconditional surrender, a shocking concept that had no precedence in Wyden history. The imperial system would end with the human occupation of Wyden territories as well as the home world. And from the vast armadas and countless grim-faced troops and envoys had seen, it was clear that the humans were willing to fight to that conclusion. The Wyden Empire called the Imperial High Staff to the homeworld to demand answers as to how they had underestimated the humans so badly, and required plans for counterattack that would reclaim the offensive and drive the humans back to their own space. Advisors calmed the Emperor, noting that while the humans had fought well, they surely had no appetite for battle against the Wyden system itself, or a surface invasion that would claim millions of their own. In desperation, the Wyden sent one of their kind to the Greng to draw upon their wisdom. Surrender now, the Wyden counselor was advised. The Wyden, furious at the insult, contained the instinct to strike and remained silent. Again, for advice to gain victory, surrender without conditions is unthinkable, the Wyden said. You don't understand, the Greng advised. Wyden did not share the quality that the humans have. You are warlike by nature. You expect attack and respect the strength of the attacker when defeated. Humans are generally soft creatures with soft hearts, soft minds, and desires for soft comforts. But they are warlike in their own way, and they do not perceive attacks as you do. If the Wyden had fought the humans slowly from the beginning, threatening them and making it clear that you would fight, they might have given away to you. They do prize peace. Even if you attacked outright and fought battles that they might have anticipated, they might have accepted some of your demands to spare what they had suffered. But the Wyden attacked without warning, and on a wise day for tactical victory, but one of the worst for strategic victory, their feet was at rest and completely vulnerable. When the humans are attacked in this manner, it arouses a peculiar state, an emotion that persists rather than fades. In this condition, they desire what they name revenge. Human history is rife with wars fought for it, and when it fuels a conflict, one side will fight until their adversary surrenders, or they themselves are destroyed. The Wyden tried to grasp this, but... The humans have nothing to gain now. We have lost more worlds to them than we ever won. They're a comfort-seeking species. Why would they not withdraw and return to their comforts? The Greng advised. Until they gain full revenge by forcing the Wyden to surrender, and to do so completely, the humans will not stop. 
they would sooner see themselves destroyed than not avenge what they see as a terrible injustice that was done to them. In fact, you must surrender as soon as possible. Human history shows that when faced with a battle similar to that of surface war in the widened system, they found themselves willing, forced, they tell themselves, to wage war in a way that would not have been considered before. For the good of your species and those around you that have also borne the cost of the war, you must convince the Emperor before the humans create a weapon that could destroy not just your civilization, but every world, everywhere. The Wyden Counselor, chastened, prepared for his return voyage to the home system to advise the Emperor to bear the unbearable, even if it meant the Counselor would face ritual execution for such an insult. But before their ship left neutral space, word had arrived. Incredibly, one of Wyden's oldest colony systems had seen a star suddenly go nova. The humans claimed responsibility. Then days later, another colony system was destroyed when its binary star went nova as well. The Wyden Counselor arrived and Wyden just in time for the surrender. End of story. Story number two. Being human sucks sometimes. Written by Mecha Kid. Sometimes being a human sucks. Yes, we live fairly long time compared to other species, but think about what that actually means. It means that we'll still be somewhat young while our friends are old. It means watching a non-humans you grew up with pass away from this life and into the next, where it cannot follow. It means that our pain and suffering take that much longer to resolve. Are we stronger than other races? Can we endure more? Do we have more resistance to disease? Sure. Earth's gravity has endowed us with heavy musculature and a solid bone structure, capable of inflicting and absorbing massive amounts of damage. Being a death worlder means that we have barely affected by all but the most violent of viruses, and on everyone else's worlds, we are almost untouchable. But this also means that our friends cannot visit our worlds. We cannot share the bounty and beauty of our planets for fear that they would be crushed, broken, or have some disease ripped through them. It means that we may even be hazardous to their health by our simple presence. All this means that we humans hesitate to make friendships with non-humans. It is not that we are haughty or arrogant. We don't think that you are beneath us in any way. We want nothing more than to be your companions and to walk the stars together. But we know that we cannot, and that makes us sad. It makes us angry and fearful. Ultimately, it makes us lonely. Being human really does suck sometimes. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.